Hello, I'd like to deposit this to checking. Fate is a fickle master. What? The future is uncertain. Okay, and what's my account balance? Ah, the horizon is cloudy. I see a long, treacherous voyage Um, filled with great peril. Look, can I just get a deposit slip or something? A fortune bank teller. Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. I see a yellow-eyed serpent and a low APR. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. supernatural mysteries and now for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others here's your host paranormal researcher patricia baker on the one the only supernatural girls Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, all the way from sunny Tucson, lucky lady, PK, Mm -hmm. Patricia Kirkman. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's warming up outside. I just love it. Absolutely love it. Ah. I I won't complain tonight about the weather. All right. Well, I'm not going to complain about that, but... Yes. I'm getting over a cold. Can you imagine? I can't imagine you being ill. I know it. It was the first time in eight years that I got a cold. So I was so cranky, but now I'm not cranky. I'm happy because I love the show. And we've got a great guest. Don't we, though? Oh, we love this man. We do, we do. His name is Oscar, Don Oscar Miro. Quesada, and we're so grateful to have him with us. We're going to introduce him in just a couple of minutes. But I also want to give a shout out to his wife, Cindy, because without Cindy, we wouldn't have Don Oscar here with us tonight. So, Cindy, thank you so much for all your help in setting up the show with your lovely husband tonight. So we're very grateful for all the work you did. And... Wow, we've got, I mean, everybody, you're going to have so much fun tonight, and you're going to learn so much, and you're going to be transformed, because listening to Don Oscar in and of itself is a healing transformation. So you're in for a big treat, and PK, let's start with the numbers. What's going on in the world today? Very Mm -hmm. interesting things. I got to tell you, before you just share this Mm -hmm. one thing about the numbers, I got to share one thing I just saw on the news, blew my mind. The gangs in Chicago, get a load of this, they want help from President Trump. (laughs) (laughs) They said it's such a mess over there that they need help from President Trump. I almost fell off my chair when I was watching this. Is Um, that too funny? Well, let's put it this way. It's a strange situation because February is a brand new month. 
in this year, and it is a three universal month. So it's all about communications of all forms, scattered energies, people feeling uptight, but also some feeling optimistic. And they've got some great ideas, but I guess going to Trump is probably one of the best ones they've come up with for a while. I think it's great. I just love it. I mean, it shows a tremendous amount of uh, trust and his ability to lead the country and also bring us in the right direction. But I, I just thought it was too ironic. Isn't so that neat? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of changes. We're going to see change where he's concerned this month because he is now in a one personal month. So he's going to be able to take charge better than he has before. He's been in uh, throughout uh, January. He was in a uh, nine months. So it was ending a lot of things and nothing seemed to possibly go well, although they were in better ways than he thought at the time. But there's going to be a lot of changes taking place this month. His one and the creativity and the universe in itself, it's going to give him more ideas of things to do. But I think he's going to kind of anchor himself a little bit more and not be such a, uh, shall we say, he needs to not shoot himself in the foot this time. Yes. Well, that'll be good. More presidential. Oh, definitely. More getting a lot done, which is good. For a sure. Lot. Yes. But, so, you know, if we take a look at this month, there's going to be so many creative juices running for everybody. And there's a luck factor that goes with this month. So that's a plus. Oh, I love and that. So everybody being optimistic is much better than allow yourself to be pessimistic. So that's why I say looking forward to the good things that could take place. And I think people are going to find that the social side is reaching upward. And it's going to really allow for some new friendships to take place, which is going to make everybody feel better. Positive ideas to share, care about. And things are just going to kind of seem to pop and make you feel better. Like okay. today gave us a chance to take a look at the feeling of the energy surging. And it's one step and it's, it's at a time when we need to take that one step. Take a break and not even though you're not ready for it yet, look into what's going on and then take it from there. Because tomorrow is going to be a five day and it's going to be about some major changes and it will deal with the creative side. But it's also going to be a great combination. The mind soars. Ideas are going to be great. But the month and the day are going to give some very positive factors. So, hey, hang on. It's kind of like going for the gold ring on the merry-go-round. Oh, I like that. That sounds yeah. so wonderful. We need Yay. it. Definitely need it. We've had too much of the negative taking place. Oh, I know it. I know it. Well, good. It's time for a sunny day, and we are ready. I think yeah. we deserve it. We do. We always deserve the best. And here we have the best of paranormal news tonight. Yes. Queen Elizabeth I mm-hmm. showed up on camera. How about it? And this was at Strelly Hall, which is a stately home near Nottingham in the UK. And they were going through some footage of you know, cameras that had been set up. And here she came, right? There she was. That was very easy to see. And if you want to see it, go to our Facebook page and take a look because I posted it there. Make sure you give us a like, follow us so that you can keep looking at all the great stuff we have there. But what you were doing, PK, was taking a look at the numbers because we've got Queen Elizabeth I and we've got Queen Elizabeth here with us who just had a big health issue. And my question was... Does she have one foot out the door? Is this way the original Queen well, Elizabeth is showing up? 
That's that's a good possibility. And I'll tell you, the fact that uh, the first one was in power for 63 years, and this lovely queen is going to have her 63rd year in power on the 6th of February. Very so interesting. Yeah. They're, they're mirroring one another here. And I'll tell you what, she's one sharp cookie. Because I took a look at her numbers, and boy, talk about headstrong. Nobody's telling her what to do ever. Ever, ever, ever. She's very determined, but she's very creative about how she handles things. And she loves change, even though people aren't aware of it. She's more into things than anyone really has paid attention to. She's got a good head on her shoulders. Not a great one, but a good head, you know. But she's very concerned about how things are constructed, how they work how the monarchy, the financial aspect of things. She's got her finger in just about everything, believe it or not. She just doesn't let it up to everybody else to deal with. I and, believe that, yeah. Well, that's why she doesn't want to let go. Who's she going to char- Who's she going to turn her everything over to? Uh, Charles? I don't think she wants I, to turn it over to Charles. I don't think she does either. Real, yeah. So what, how does, gosh, what's she going to do? But she's coming up on the 63rd year, which I find very synchronous. <laughs> so we're going to watch this and see what happens. I think it's very interesting that the ghost of Queen Elizabeth just showed up. Can't be for no reason. We're going to well, keep an eye on this, everybody. Take, take a look at something, something between now and August. Could be sooner than that. Because seven weeks prior to our birthday, we have some issues that many times go on. And as I, her birthday is coming up the uh, uh, in April, so April 21st. So there's something more taking place here. She isn't letting go. She won't leave quietly. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to watch this as things progress. We'll bring this back to the show and let you know anything else that we found. And also on our Facebook page, I posted a story from the CIA mm-hmm. about UFOs over Germany in 1952. And PK, as you and I were discussing, isn't it interesting they're releasing all these old UFO files? Now, of course, we'd like to see something more recent, but as you and I discussed, they're probably just getting everybody comfortable with the idea until they're good and ready to uh, control things in their own way with UFOs. But you know what? That's okay, because we know they're real. We don't need any kind of a disclosure from them. You know, we don't need that, because we know what we're talking about, right? Well, the funny part is, like I said, this month is all about communication coming of all forms and all sources. Gee, look what we've got, the first thing. Well, we've had some little visitors around us, and now they're letting us know that we're not crazy. They really are there. Yeah, they really are. And you know what? Our guest has had an incredible UFO experience. I'm going to ask him to talk about it if he would be so kind. That would be wonderful. Oh, yes, indeedy. So, okay. So, everybody, we have Don Oscar Miro Quesada with us tonight. He is a shaman and the visionary founder of the Heart of the Healer. Thoth Foundation, and he's also the author of a wonderful book called Lessons in Courage, Peruvian Mm -hmm. Shamanic Wisdom for Everyday Life. And let me tell you something, there's a lot of wisdom in this book. If you want to learn something in a wonderful way, get this book, Lessons in Courage. And you can also go to Don Oscar's website, which is theheartofahealer.org, and he has all kinds of things he offers to people, shamanic journeys and apprenticeships. 
And he's the best of the best, and we have him here tonight with us. So let's get him on the show. Don Good. Oscar, welcome to the show. Hayyanchu, Warmichas, Patricia, y Pique. Thank you for having me on again. This is a, and a wonderful and fascinating opportunity to explore the heretofore uncharted realms of our human capacity to dream a new reality into the flesh. So thank you for opening up the space for this to be again possible between the three of us and all of your listening audience, of course. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. We absolutely love having you here. And you've had such an interesting life thus far, and I know the rest will even be more interesting, but you have been through a lot. And I know people may have heard you before, but just to bring people up to date on some of the things you've experienced, because as you know, a lot of people are going through tough times right now with chronic illness or cancer or something. And you talk a lot about that in Lessons in Courage. And you yourself, as a, a very young child, almost, well, you did die from mm -hmm. asthma, right? Correct. Uh, mm -hmm. That was the second uh, near-death experience that I had. The first one occurred through electrocution when I was a year and a half, and then uh, through hypoxia or asphyxiation due to severe uh, asthma at age 10 that you refer to. And then I had a third uh, encounter with the other side at age 33 through a car accident that was... Uh, made possible through my own despair and volition to not be alive anymore. So not only was illness part of this uh, uh, getting close to the other side, yet also the despair and um, and necessity to let go of what I thought was a life ill-spent, a life without purpose. Little did I know that this self-judgment was, at the end of things, a, a saving grace in my life. It seems to be that pain is a very necessary motivator for the soul to evolve and progress. And uh, these opportunities, although uh, riddled with pain and suffering uh, were rites of passage, were initiations into a much more fuller appreciation of the gift that is the sanctity of life. And they weren't going to let you, well, like I think at the last time that you took yourself in the car at a high speed um, and, and crashed it, you had a choice at that point, right? You said you met a guy in a leather jacket, looked like a, <laughs> that was really funny, like a race car jacket mm -hmm. with a little patch on it. <laughs> well, yes, we have, we have spoken about these incidents before on the first time that you had me on as a guest. Uh, and as you mentioned, this uh, people interested in more details can read about it in Lessons Encouraged. Yet there's a common element, Patricia, in, in all three of my near-death experiences, and that is the uh, presence of a entity, a being that took on a different form, a 
according to the needs that I had at that current phase in my life. And oh, the okay. and the person that you're referring to uh, associated with the car uh, crash was like a black slicked haired back James Dean type with a black <laughs> jacket and black threads and shades and an STP racing car oil <laughs> emblem emblem on his jacket. Love it. That came trucking toward me and telepathically began transmitting experiences and questions to me. And this may sound incredulous to the uh, listening audience, yet this is my truth, and that's why I speak it so mm-hmm. yeah. So important for us to, to hear this, because others don't realize we do make choices. We do. Did we lose Don Oscar, Joe? No. Oh, no. okay. I thought you dropped out first. Thank God we didn't lose you. <laughs> no, so, no, 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 don't can. go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am between between Start. worlds often, so okay. So that's that's what happened. All right, but it's just your your stories in Lessons of Courage are wonderful. They're so they come right from your heart, and I want to encourage everybody to get your book and read it, because I, I was changed by reading it. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful book, and so, anyways, anybody can get it on Amazon.com. It's terrific. So, people that are going through these types of dark nights of the soul. How do you help them? Do you help them with your work? Well, certainly. uh, In this uh, phase that we understand as the Kali Yuga or the end end times of the Iron Age, uh, where chaos and division and uh, insanity really is characteristic of the times, uh, it is not surprising that many people have lost their way and are very confused and frightened uh, concerning the prospects, not only of the changes that are in our face on a personal level, but also on a planetary level. Uh, Both the social unrest that uh, is ubiquitous throughout the world and mm-hmm. the environmental de- degradation that we're facing uh, is reason enough to lose hope and feel concerned about our survival. Yet at the same time, uh, these types of cataclysmic and epic threats are not new. They have been written about in all of the great spiritual uh, texts uh, 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 throughout the world and are in the stories of origins and myths of creation of all of our original shamanic cultures. There's always been this battle between forces of the light and forces of the dark, of good and evil, and they have served to, uh, to situate our human struggle as a choice, like you well say, and choice is all about awareness. Choice is awareness. So when we are confronted with making personal choices that involve changing ourselves in order to survive the you know, unbridled transformations that are coming our way, the simpler the changes in us, the better. We don't have to go out and start saving the world. The most important thing is that we cultivate a loving disposition toward the world. And in that sense, the work that I do as a shamanic practitioner is founded upon being 
an embodiment of munai, of unlimited love, and allowing that field of compassive presence to do the healing without me getting in the way. Mm. Beautiful. That's, yes, that's really beautiful. So when people come to you and they have a, you know, a, a terrible illness like cancer, how do you walk them through this? Do you provide them with your shamanic ceremonial experience? How do you do this? Certainly. There, there are various approaches depending on each individual that comes for assistance. Now, in the traditions that I've been apprenticed in and uh, sanctioned in, the Camasca Curandero tradition of the northern coastal region of Peru, we understand all uh, systemic disorders that are debilitating of the person, such as cancer, diabetes, multiple sclerosis, immune deficiency disorders, all of those as illnesses of God, enfermedades de Dios. They have been brought into the life of the sufferer uh, as a as a tutelary, as a teacher. And so the first thing that we do, aside from using the various herbs and other natural medicines that are time-proven to attenuate and reduce the symptomatology associated with these horrendous diseases, at a, at a, at a psycho-spiritual and shamanic level, we help the person engage in a dialectic, in a dialogue, in a conversation with the disease to give it a name, to give it a form, and to enter into a relationship with it that eventually reveals the true purpose of this illness within their body. Whether the illness ends up being the doorway toward their transition from this physical plane or not is not the issue. The issue is that whether they live or they die, that they learn to make this an opportunity for growing soul, for a more soul-infused experience of their immortality. And that way, in their next bardo, their next uh, a, a level of consciousness as a soul that is freed from the temporal constraints of physicality, they are able to choose their next incarnation free of that disorder. And as a matter of fact, called to serve others that have the disorder through their own lived experience and willingness to be a bodhisattva-like presence on planet. Mm, that's fascinating. Well, everything is about communication, especially in shamanic practice, right? Well, yes, we understand that we are part of an interdependent web of relationships, that um, it is our duty to uh, honor by feeding them, by offering them libations, by doing propitiatory rituals, by demonstrating obeisance and uh, an obligation to maintaining the balance within this web of life. That is why there are so many earth-honoring rituals that accompany all shamanic work. Uh, every individual healing service you do for somebody must be accompanied by an offering to the Earth Mother, by an offering to the sacred mountains, to the rivers, to the oceans, 
and to all of our relations, mineral, plant, animal, and human, living or dead. And depending on the need of the individual that you are serving, there are specific despachos, which are uh, uh, ceremonial uh, offerings that include all sorts of ingredients. And they're much like Tibetan sand paintings or Navajo sand paintings. Mm-hmm. That you're familiar with right. that, are, that are created with specific prayers to invoke the spiritual assistance from the ancestors in the life of this person. And this person creates it themselves and then either offers it to a sacred fire or releases it into a body of moving water. So the person, the Healy, becomes a participant in engaging these unseen, invisible forces to help them move through their illness. So that is a very empowering experience rather than just relegating them to an IV stuck in a hospital. You take take them out into nature and you teach them how to do offerings to to, to the mother and to all of her relatives. And that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It it makes a lot of sense. I know when we had Garth Nicholson, who's a microbiologist on the show, and you know, I was saying to him, Garth, you're going to think I'm crazy. I mean, Garth is a scientist. But I said, I, I think these microbes and these viruses and things that you're studying, they have consciousness because they adapt inside mm-hmm. people's bodies. And he was like, you know, something, I agree, you're right. And I was, I was just floored that he understood that as a scientist. But he said, you're right. So uh, that falls right under the heading of what you're doing with people and bringing them to a point of being able to communicate with their own disease because it has consciousness. It has awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the same principle. Uh, It's all about sentience. In the shamanic tradition, we understand that this is a a living sentient universe and every part of creation has a consciousness, uh, a, a, a form of awareness, sometimes not always self-awareness, but awareness of its place within the great web of life that is in delicate balance. And any any scientist who really worth their salt uh, will come to the realization that the human biome, the the you know the bacteria and the microbial habitat that we have within our body, is a very wise uh, uh, entity. It's not just the individual microbes that are disease promoting, but there's a plethora of of biotic helpers of allies of uh, shamanic spirit helpers in the form of these little microbial beings that are flowing through our body and maintaining homeostasis maintaining equilibrium and maintaining a good environment for us to flourish and be healthy and we must offer obeisance to them and that is by taking care of ourselves, by eating right and by performing the proper prostrations if you are a practitioner of yoga. And most importantly, uh, by feeding the soul inspirational visions of what it's possible to be as a human being beyond our body, mm. as, as, as shining ones. 
as as light, capital L. Gosh. Well, this is, again, a great conversation that we're having uh, with you, and we have questions coming up in the chat room. So in a couple of minutes, we have to go to break, but I'm going to ask you this question from Raquel, who says, Hi, Oscar. Has anyone made an attempt to have a country recognize shamanism as an organized religion? Mm. Excellent question, and I I would say that uh, in the past, most of the original peoples of this planet that could be considered uh, tribal nations uh, uh, understood that the shaman or shamaness was a mediator between the spirit world and the human community, and they uh, held them in the highest esteem, and many of those leading shamanic figures became national heroes or culture heroes and established uh, the moral principles and ethical standards for the people. And hence, the entire nation, the entire tribal nation, had a deep spiritual foundation as a shamanic people. There's evidence of this throughout the world. Now, in the modern world, though, there is a, a dearth of this, except maybe in Bhutan. I would say Bhutan may be one of the few nations that on a, uh, on a national level has a, a Buddhist-based shamanic understanding that permeates all of their social structures and also their political policy. And that's something that these, the person asking the question may be interested in looking into. And even in my own country of Peru and in Ecuador and in Brazil and in Bolivia, the shamanic traditions are integrated within the, uh, the national public health systems. So they have a very prominent role uh, as a go-to opportunity for the people of each of these nations to receive uh, health, their health needs met, as well as spiritual comfort, much like How nice. the, the Catholic Church would offer. And wow. it's growing, and it's growing. That's, That's great. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to take a, a very short commercial break. So in the meantime, uh, you guys can visit the Facebook page, take a look at our articles, give us a like, follow us on Twitter, uh, sign up for the Fringe Files, which is our newsletter, and visit our advertisers. You've got some great advertisers there on the homepage, thehighend.org and Sean Bartok's new book about his alien abduction. And also, creativestrength.us, offering free scalar treatments. Just go there, mm-hmm. click on the link. It's all free. So, gosh, you're listening to Supernatural Girls Radio, everybody. We'll be right back. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network. Chicago, Illinois. You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? 
Inception Radio Network listeners, this is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter, I underscore R underscore N, and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's I underscore R underscore N, and never miss a great show again. My name is Ezra, and I'm from thehighend.org. You've heard of medical marijuana, but who can you trust for proper guidance? Here at thehighend.org, we have all the information you need. Did you know that scientists have discovered cannabis can reduce inflammation, pain, and spasms? It's helped my patients reduce the symptoms of autoimmune diseases, PTSD, autism, and insomnia. A compound from hemp called CBD is doing wonders for intestinal issues, anxiety, and the nervous system. I sell this compound at thehighend.org. I've worked as a medical marijuana consultant and educator for the past six years. And here at thehighend.org, I can... You bring your phone everywhere. Work, school, the movies. Now you can bring it to an Xfinity store for an easy way to switch to Xfinity Mobile, a new kind of network designed to save you money. You can get up to five lines of talk and text included with Xfinity Internet at no extra cost. So all you pay for is data. It's never been easier to switch to Xfinity Mobile and keep the phone you love. Click here to see how. Sorry, I gotta take this. Restrictions apply. Limited to select mobile phones. Requires activation of a new line of Xfinity Mobile. Up to five devices per account. New Xfinity Internet customers limited to up to two lines pending activation of Internet service. Help you choose from the hundreds of cannabis strains and products and find the ones that are best for your needs. To learn more about cannabis, schedule a Skype or phone consultation, or to have a CBD product shipped right to your door, visit thehighend.org. That's thehighend, all one word, dot org. I'll help make your health high-end. Hi, can you hear my voice? Imagine how many other people can hear it too. If you have advertising needs, then look no further. The Inception Radio Network currently has openings for on-air advertisements and radio show sponsorships. Given any thought to your target demographic, Inception has you covered there too. Advertising on a network gives you multiple opportunities to advertise on a wide variety of radio show broadcasts, and we have one to fit every advertising need. You know, in recent years, Internet radio has exhibited a phenomenal listener growth. An Arbitron Edison survey shows that online radio boosts at least 33 million unique visitors each week and 54 million each month. And that number amazingly continues to grow. And these listeners are a part of many businesses' core demographics. And surveys have shown that Internet radio listeners are far more likely than regular radio listeners to spend money on a whole range of activities. You know, Internet listeners vote, they dine out, eat fast food, and they grab a cup of coffee. And here's the interesting one. They buy items online at a much higher rate than all other market segments combined. Internet radio also enables businesses to connect with consumers during work hours, where increasingly more lifestyle decisions are being made. Advertise with the best. The Inception Radio Network offers competitive advertising rates to fit just about anyone's advertising budget. Stop by today at www.inceptionradionetwork.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-919-2355. Get the word out. Get results with the Inception Radio Network. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do... 
head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word and keep listening to the best. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I'm here with my co-host, Patricia Kirkman, PK, and our very excellent, very favorite guest. And he is the author of a book, Lessons in Courage, Peruvian Shamanic Wisdom for Everyday Life, and his name is Don Oscar Miro Quesada. So, Don Oscar, we have... Another question. Let's see, where did it go? I had a qu- another question for you real quick. Somebody wanted to know if you have blessed prayer beads available. Ooh, good idea. Blessed prayer beads available. Excellent. I, I, re- I uh, regret to say that um, I've never thought of making a business of blessed prayer beads. Yet I, <laughs> I do offer prayerful blessings out into the world uh-huh. on a consistent basis, uh, yet for no fee attached, because in, in our tradition, we understand that uh, to be a hollow bone, to allow the wisdom of creation to be the source of one's healing capacity. One has to step out of the way. As a matter of fact, one's efficacy as a shamanic healer is uh, proportional to one's ability to be free of oneself, to, to not take oneself as the primary agent of the healing uh, uh, capacity. So, uh, rarely, we we're very open to receiving what's called aini, uh, a, a some sort of reciprocity, some sort of uh, offering, a generous offering according to the to the 
possibility of the individual, yet we never set a price for our services. As a teacher, I do charge for my seminars and workshops, but in my healing capacity, it goes against the principles of the work, of the great work, Mm -hmm. to to set a price on it. Okay, there's the answer. That was a question from Starlight. So, Starlight, there you go. So, we were talking off the air, as we often do, and we were talking about your amazing UFO experiences. So, Mm -hmm. would you be so kind as to share that with our audience and us tonight? Because I know you've had some amazing things go on. Gladly. And I know, Patricia, that you are referring to one particular event that occurred when uh, I was uh, intimately involved with the Rama mission, R-A-M-A. It's a UFO contactee group that began in Peru in 1974 and was initiated by a gentleman by the name of Sixto Paz Wells. As a matter of fact, he had his book, uh, translated in English, is called The Invitation, and mm-hmm. it is magnificent. I highly recommend it to any uh, heartfelt, authentic uh, seeker of, of clarity regarding the UFO visitation upon Earth. Anyway, the, the Rama mission, uh, Ra, Sun, Ma, Earth, Sun on Earth, or Light on the Third Dimension, is a a assistance uh, uh, mission, an assistance confederation, mostly uh, comprised by beings from Orion that have made a satellite colony in on Jupiter's largest moon, on Ganymede, and from there have been overlooking many of the evolutionary uh, opportunities for humankind on Earth. As a result of this, um, they chose to make contact with a handful of individuals around the planet, Sixto being one of them, and uh, through uh, contact with Sixto, galvanized a movement that was based on contact practices of which I participated for many years. As a matter of fact, uh, I was the southeastern region representative for the Rama mission in the United States uh, when I was living in Georgia until the time came when I was visited by those shiny black booted black outfitted peoples of our U.S. government. Oh, no. That, yes, that tried to infiltrate infiltrate our study groups. And that's a whole other story that I may go into if I have time. Yeah, we want to hear that, too, because that's yes. a big part and a big problem with this whole thing. Yeah, well, you know, they, they, ha- they have to be here. They're part of the game. Are they part <laughs> of the game? <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, Lord. It's like roulette. Stun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, f- fortunately, uh, the government of Peru uh, really supports UFO contact uh, experiences as well as they have the International Institute of 
the Institute of Interplanetary Relations that was founded by Sixto's father, Carlos Pazuelos, that is an official organization within the Ministry of Education of Peru. And, and Sixto has been invited to the Peruvian Congress on many occasions to talk about his uh, UFO experiences and some of the messages that the elder brothers, that we call them, have been, uh, you know, transmitting to him through psychographic communication or automatic writing. And he's been, you know, very warmly welcomed within the political establishment of Peru. So there's a very different mindset in these countries. I would than say. The States. They're not threatened by it, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, yes. So back to this experience. Now, um, in the early 80s, uh, wait, it was really 1980. Um, I was back in Peru and uh, working there for the Organization of American States. And um, and I became very involved with the Rama mission. And at that time, a journalist from Spain, JJ Benitez was his name, contacted Sixto because he had read his book and was fascinated by what was going on down there. That We are the only UFO contactee organization that has scheduled contacts. We are given through psychographic writing, through our uh, what we call our antennas, which are receivers, the exact date, the time, the place, the people that should be there. And lo and behold, you go out into the desert of Chilca, which is 66 kilometers south of Lima, which is the favored UFO sighting area for these uh, events, and boom, there they are. Not only scout ships, but mothership. That is so cool. So, so, so what happened was this: there was this uh, appeal to journalists from all over the world by the elders of the Rama mission, these beings from Orion, to invite them for a scheduled sighting to this place that we would go to for our uh, psychographic experiences, where we receive messages and we would record them. And over time, those recordings are being compiled in what is known as the Book of the White Vestments, hmm. which, which, not surprisingly, the Mormons are very interested in because they are convinced that this Book of the White Vestments is the lost tablet of the angel Moroni that contacted Joseph oh. Smith. And as a matter of fact, for a number of years, the Mormons had a 24-hour uh, vigilance or guide guard around Sixto's home in Chorrillos. <laughs> they were, they're very interested. They also came to my house and under the guise of wanting to convert us to Mormonism, but really to find out how they can get closer to the Rama mission. So there's there's a lot of overlap here. The, yeah. Mormon, the Mormons are pretty hip to the visitation of our star relatives upon this planet. It's a little known fact, but I'm saying it now. Ooh, something. And so, so basically, we invited all these journalists to come from thirty-four countries were represented, most of them Spanish-speaking countries, for a particular time in the desert south of Lima, and 
we spent, there's a process, a, a Rama meditation process that involves lunar and solar uh, mantras and, and, and practices that enhance one's own hermetic uh, uh, gnosis, one's own contact through a higher knowing with the consciousness of these more advanced beings that are assisting the evolution of our planet. And so first day, everybody's doing their practices, much like any sadhana you'd do in a, in a Hindu tradition. And then nothing. Second day, we're deepening. Some of the journalists started to get a little antsy and say, oh, this is a bunch of BS. Nothing's going to happen. But the night of that second day, all of a sudden, uh, you know, people had gone to sleep, but we always have an all-night group that's out there in meditation holding a particular thought form that is a contact thought form with the guides, with the elder guides. And all of a sudden, I was in my tent at the time, and all of a sudden, I, I just, through my own closed eyelids, I could see the brightest light, and there were these colorations of lights, and I hear all these people hooting and screaming, and I stick my head out of my tent, and there's this mothership, huge, wow. hovering above us. And so the journalists all started to film it and take photos and everything, and then the mothership just floats away very slowly and disappears behind a mountain range that is east of this area, this contact area. And all of a sudden, these three caniplas, uh, these three scout ships, smaller ships, start to come toward us. And they hover in the same area about, I'd say, 300 yards from where the camp site was, and they beam these rays of light down into the desert ground that form this semicircle of light, which we call a zendra. And a zendra is, is a, 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 an interdimensional portal. It's a, a bridge between realities, really, that if a human in physical form walks into, they disappear. So they were inviting they were inviting people to walk through the Zendra into their mothership. <laughs> oh, oh boy. What an opportunity. Everybody was paralyzed with fear. There yes, there was this extreme silence. You could hear a <laughs> pin drop. We're in the middle we're in the middle of a desert where it doesn't rain but a half of inch the entire year. It's the driest desert on planet. And it's 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 Spartan and silent at night. No sounds, not even the little creatures can be heard. And after a while, poof, the Zendra vanished. Nobody talked the opportunity. Oh wow. Yet, what happened is that this entire event was filmed by these journalists. And as a matter of fact, I have an old VCR of 
the program that uh, was uh, featured on the Spanish station of Univision, Univision here in South Florida, that uh, has the journalists testifying about their experiences and shows the the uh, cra- the the scout craft in the sky and Sixtel speaking and all of that. And as I mentioned during our break, as a result of that, the government became very concerned. And the next time that Sixto Pasuels came to the United States, some bogus charges were invented about him receiving payment uh, illegally and not declaring taxes for what he received for doing his teachings here. And he, they were threatened with putting him in jail for th- something like 12 years. Oh, wow. so, Because they did, they did not want him coming and talk. As a matter of fact, he had been invited <clears throat> to Columbia University to give a, 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 a conference on his experiences during that trip. And they they wanted to prevent him from doing so because he's a very convincing speaker, a brilliant man, is, and he's, he's authentic. And so uh, as a result of that, he did not come back into the United States for many, many, many moons, many years. Now, now didn't he also, didn't you also witness him at one point Going into I, I, the center. I'm, get, I'm getting there. I'm getting. Oh, I'm sorry. There. I'm just. So, <laughs> I, I, I just want to. I, I know I could be a little long-winded, but no, no it's wonderful. I'm, I'm, set, I'm, so, I'm setting it up. Great. <laughs> Good. It's very, very interesting for us. Okay, because there, there has to be a context to this. Absolutely. <laughs> so and so you, you understand here, here it is. It's a worldwide. The splash that Peru has the only scheduled contactee group uh, alive, and there's conclusive evidence that this is happening, and that there are star relatives in our atmospheric planetary field willing to make contact with us. So just think about that reality. No wonder the American government was threatened by it. Right. So as a result of this, um, Sixto uh, was led by the by Oxalc, which is the main guide of the 49 uh, star relatives that are part of the intergalactic confederation that we are associated with. And remember that these beings are both physical and they look, uh, they're, they're very tall, about seven feet tall, very, very slender, very dark, dark brown skin, the typical insectoid oval eyes, large bulbous head, very, very long arms. They're not the grays. They're not the little, you know, drone type beings. These are very um, elevated entities. And they wear a celeste outfit. And when they do, when you see them in the physical form, you cannot get close to them. So the way that they show themselves in the earth plane is as exactly like biblical angels. So you'll see them like, you know, wearing white robes and having long flowing hair. And just like you would see angel, the angel Gabriel that visited 
the, the Virgin Mother, that exact same image, but those are the astral projections of their physical body. Their physical body cannot be on planet because they risk entrapment within the lower vibrational density of the third dimensional plane. So mm-hmm. they, they, they are not able to physically show themselves except stay within that field of their craft. Yet to make communication and contact, they have to take these astral forms as angels. So... In, the, in, in their astral form, when they visited Sixto in his bedroom at night, they indicated to him that to avoid the problems that were, you know, being brought forth uh, concerning the pu- the public exposure of these journalists in the United States, that he needed to go to Ganymede that he needed to go to the Crystal City, to the Hall of Records, which is, um, there's a satellite colony on on Ganymede. It's an artificial Earth-like environment that has been created millennia ago. And think of the Shangri-Las or the, uh, uh, or the Shambhalas and the, mm-hmm. The, the yes. old, the, those mystical cities, that's what it's like. And it's a physical place where earth beings like us, two-leggeds, that have, you know, mysteriously disappeared, and many of them are there. And the our earth life can be extended to 300 earth years uh, when living there. Some of these as the great alchemists and and mystics of the past that have disappeared and then showed up again, much like Sai Baba, that uh, these beings that can live forever and are seen throughout historical periods have been taken to Ganymede and, oh, and are sustained there and then brought back to the earth, you see? Yes, that makes sense. It, I understand that, sure. Yeah, so this is in physical form. So the place is... And so Sixto was told that he needed to go to receive the full instruction and initiation into what the mission's purpose was on this planet and to divulge that progressively over a number of years, over seven years. And we call that the Yamada de Anrom or the Anrom's Call, the, the great unveiling of the seventh seal is what they it is understood of and so he's and to do that he had to go through the zendra so he called several of his most trusted people that i was honored to be one of them to go out by ourselves to to chilca to the desert south of peru uh, for this experience of going to ganymede without the need to physically go in a craft but through his astral body and we did all of the customary meditations and preparations. And, you know, at that time I was a strict vegetarian because that's what the guides require to be able to sensitize your body enough to the very heightened vibratory 
uh, rate uh, that is required in our material cellular uh, form to be able to maintain contact. And so you have to be very purified. You have to do a lot of fasting and, 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 and yogic exercises for these encounters. You must be a very pure and clean instrument. So we all did this and we went out to the desert and we did our practices. And lo and behold, three crafts show up. Then... This is, there was a there was a a support group of a larger number of people behind this hill that are just praying for us, and then it was the contact group, which were us, the, which were seven of us, including Sixto. So we were all instructed of how to create a force field for these crafts to come in, and uh, did so, and lo and behold. Three crafts show up. They project three beings, three angelic-like beings project out of them. And then all of a sudden, this semicircular orb of light, just like you'd look at a, uh, think of the arches in St. Louis, like that, but 30 feet high, started oh my to, God. <laughs> to, co to coalesce in the desert. And Sixto was prepared to walk in. And, God, and, bless and he walked in and disappeared. Whoa, right oh. in front of you. And I saw this with my own eyes. And, you know, I'm talking about these things and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Duke University and Emory University trained psychologist and ethnopsychologist. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot on the line, yet this is my truth. You know, I, I speak what I experienced. Uh, this is not for any purpose of self-aggrandizement. It's what my duty is. It's what my dharma is to tell the truth of the realities that interpenetrate our very limited view of what is possible for humanity in a manner that allows us to progressively become more, more. Well, we want to become more. I mean, that's why I think people listen to yeah. the show, and we're going to have to take a short break. I hate to do it because I'm sitting at the edge of my edge chair. Of, I know what. <laughs> you know, the rest yeah. of the story. Slide off the show. seat here. He, he oh disappeared into the Zendra. We'll take it from there. Okay. We're going to come back and oh, wow. the rest of this story. My goodness. So stay tuned, everybody. We are speaking with Don Oscar Miro Quesada. He's the author of Lessons in Courage, Peruvian shamanic wisdom for everyday life and we will be right back you're listening to IRN the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Just a reminder that Inception Radio Network is on Twitter. Follow us at I underscore R underscore N and keep up to date about who's on tonight, what interviews they'll be doing, who's guest spotting, what topics they'll be covering. Tweet to us, tweet about us, retweet topics to your friends, and most importantly, never miss a great show again. That's I underscore R underscore N. 
computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. My name is Ezra, and I'm from thehighend.org. You've heard of medical marijuana, but who can you trust for proper guidance? Here at thehighend.org, we have all the information you need. Did you know that scientists have discovered cannabis can reduce inflammation, pain, and spasms? It's helped my patients reduce the symptoms of autoimmune diseases, PTSD, autism, and insomnia. A compound from hemp called CBD is doing wonders for intestinal issues anxiety and the nervous system. I sell this compound at thehighend.org. I've worked as a medical marijuana consultant and educator for the past six years, and here at thehighend.org, I can help you choose from the hundreds of cannabis strains and products and find the ones that are best for your needs. To learn more about cannabis, schedule a Skype or phone consultation, or to have a CBD product shipped right to your door, visit thehighend.org. That's thehighend.org all one word, dot org. I'll help make your health high-end. Hello, Inception Radio Network. Would you like your favorite show to be played again live on air? Well, now the choice is in your hands. With IRN's live request portal, an easy way to request your favorite show with a simple click. IRN's live request portal now gives you exclusive access to all the shows. How easy is it? Simply type a show name or a guest name, click request, even write a dedication message, and that's it. Try it now. Simply visit InceptionRadioNetwork.com, click on the live request tab under the show menu. Now playing your favorite show is just a mouse click away. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With cosmic fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, The Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com
Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio, to one of our very most exciting shows ever with Don Oscar. He is a shaman from Peru. He has written Lessons in Courage. And we're on the edge of our chairs because we want to find out what happened to Sisto. That's right. <laughs> he went through the Zendra. Okay, I'm going to stop talking because I want to know what happened. So, with right foot first, he steps through this semicircular tunnel of light. And if you look at this Zendra from the side, it is but maybe a half of an inch in thickness. Yet it is 30 feet in height and about, I'd say, 40 feet in length. So it's this thin little filament that is in the middle of space in front of you. It's it's remarkable, and it's just glowing, glowing with white, white light. So Cecil steps in with his right foot, and little by little his body starts to disappear, 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 and poof, he's gone. Wow. So the rest of us, myself and the other five brothers, we just <clears throat> sit there and hold space and go into our meditation using our cosmic name, because when you become initiated into this work, you receive a cosmic name that is a a key to your past lives. So when you mantralize it, either out loud or silently, depending on which day of the week it's used, you you have these visions and memories and epiphanies of everything you've learned since your first incarnation on this planet. So once you do that, then you can start serving on the higher planes of 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 existence. So we're doing this and very in a disciplined manner. An hour passes, two hours pass, three hours pass. Four hours pass. Five hours pass. Whoa. No sexto. No sexto. Oh, my word. No sexto, you know. So we're saying, okay, granted, the guy has been told he needs to go to the Crystal City in Gan- on Ganymede. The, you know, the Voyager isn't even, even there yet, and it was launched years ago. You know, oh, let's, let's give him a break. I, we don't know how this works. So our minds are starting to think, okay, well, maybe he was just teletransported to the mothership. And in the mothership, he's being given a, you know, a virtual uh, experience of Ganymede. How can he possibly go to Ganymede. I mean, yes, he did do his fasting and he purified and he's been on uh, a health freak for years. Yet, is his body going to withstand this? So eight hours go by and on the ninth hour, all of a sudden we see this Zendra uh, coming back. Oh, I forgot to tell you, once he went through, the Zendra disappeared, right? Yeah. And, 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 And then all of a sudden we see this without the three craft that were there beaming those three rays that created the original portal. There were no craft, but all of a sudden this portal starts to appear right before our eyes. And here comes Sixto wobbling out of the place. <laughs> <laughs> All this, he, I totally disheveled. He looked like <laughs> like a hobo that had lived under a bridge for, for months. And he had the, 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 the growth of the beard of the equivalent of at least a week. Oh, like he had been gone for at least a week. His eyes were all discombobulated. 
<laughs> the Sounds poor a little doctor. on the drunk side. <laughs> yeah, and he would, you know, and he had that characteristic burn, you know, that uh, erysipela, that reddening of the flesh. Oh. So he had been exposed to some high levels of 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 cesium. Uh, crystal uh, radioactivity. It's not like the the radioactive cesium we have on Earth. It, it's it's more of a celestial cesium that exists in in the in dark matter in space. So he had been he had been on a journey through the cosmos. I guess so. <laughs> and 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 so he comes back and he couldn't speak. Oh my. Mm. He he was unable to articulate a word. All he wanted was to drink water and go into his tent and sleep. Ugh. Oh, for heaven's sakes. So, you know, of course, we escorted him to his room, to his tent, and he fell asleep. And then the next day... He was a he's a he's a very prolific writer. He's written many books. The next day he starts he goes into this trance and pulls out his journal and just starts writing feverishly, page after page after page after page after page after page after page. And the result of that is the book The Invitation that I mentioned. Oh, and, right. it, and in that he lays out the purpose for the visitation by the Rama elders that began during the uh, right after the first atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that that was the uh, the moment that the star uh, relatives from various other planetary systems that uh, are part of the intergalactic confederation needed to uh, make sure that humankind uh, did not further uh, move into that self-destructive uh, use of, of, of this type of fusion, of fission power. Yeah. And so th that was their main concern for intervening and for setting up contact with some of the individuals like Sixto. So he articulates all this in the book. And as a result of that, it became a very bestseller throughout, especially the Spanish-speaking nations and many of the countries that uh, have Rama groups uh, that became civic organizations within the countries. We're talking about Spanish-speaking countries all the way from the, uh, from the West Coast and, and Florida and the United States to the Dominican Republic to El Salvador, to Costa Rica, to, to uh, uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, all of the, uh, the South American countries and Spain and Portugal, the Rama groups, the contactee groups in these countries, over 500 of them worldwide, are all civic organizations. So they are doing work in homeless shelters and women's battered shelters, doing doing the work that a Mother Teresa would do. That mm -hmm. that was the, the that's the only way that the presence of our contact experience on the planet, at least at this time in our human evolution, mm -hmm. uh, is is going to be able to sustain further disclosure of the truth behind 
the years that contact has taken place, not only with, uh, you know, individuals uh, that are not part of government organizations, yet even more importantly, by strategic uh, individuals in the military and the industrial complex of that same military within the United States and Britain primarily. Israel as a second uh, they're very interested. Russia has had some very you know uh, major contact verifications all the superpowers of this planet have had contact with beings not from Orion, but from the star system Sirius, that um, have shared some of their advanced technologies. And you know how that goes. Instead oh, of yes, we do. Making it available for the betterment of humanity, the betterment of the earth, and for the greater good of the people, they keep it for their own need to control and exert mm -hmm. domination over, uh, over the others. And exactly. That is, that's a main concern. That's why by doing the good service work as, you know, activists on planet, uh, we keep our profile low. And at the same time, nobody can throw us in jail. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, we're grateful. <laughs> yes, so we're that's, very grateful. So that's the story. Ah, what a great story, Don Oscar. That's amazing. And you know, we've often had this discussion on this show about our government and why they're covering all of this up. And they so many stupid stories about how they're thinking that we're all going to go crazy if we know that this is the truth. You know we wouldn't, but it's all about follow the money. They're protecting their money flow from oil and gas and coal and all of these other things. When the ETs have basically given them the energy plans to have free energy. But they don't want us to have it because then their money goes away. So they're protecting their own interests. You're right. And we've heard this before from Jim Mars and from so many other people who've been involved in this, uh, this contactee movement for so long. And it's great that Rama has found a way around the governments of the world. <laughs> and it makes me laugh out loud. I think it's terrific that they're able to do this and that they've been kept out of jail, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But I can see, you know, this is a this is a really exciting time for all of us. But I've often said, haven't I, PK, that they're going to have to, the ETs are going to have to contact us, not our governments, if they want to see things change. I think we're going to see some of that taking place as things progress this year. Too many people are now starting to question where before they kind of pass it off and pretend it didn't exist. They've got too much, too much information is available for them to allow it to stay hidden any longer. Yay. Isn't that great? Wow. Mm -hmm. It's all a matter of timing. You know, when and you launch, that is it. there's, there's these little windows of opportunity 
that have existed throughout human history in which there's been in which our star relatives have walked hand in hand with humans mm-hmm. and uh, and it comes and goes there's an ebb and flow to the to the dreaming of our of the universe and we need to be be sensitive to that and not push the river either and that, mm-hmm. that that said, we understand in the Rama mission that it's a labor of love, really. As a matter of fact, the, we say, Rama es amar, Dios es amor, Cristo es el Señor. Así es y así será, basically. Uh, Rama, because if, if you see Rama, R-A-M-A, and the word in Spanish, amar, A-M-A-R, which is Rama spelled backwards, it means, you know, Rama is to love. So it's Rama is to love. Love is God. Christ is the answer in a sense. Mm-hmm. But without being proselytizing of the Nazarene, but more indicative of the prevalence of, the, of Christ consciousness, of the solar Christ, of the cosmic Christ that permeates the universe, of the anointed one. So it's not in any way an organized religion around the birth of a Messiah, but a recognition of the Christ archetype that is not only here in human consciousness, yet in the consciousness of many other advanced species throughout the cosmos. Mm. Wonderful. You're you're going to be given some information this year. You yourself are going to bring certain information out to the population that's going to make some major changes. It's it's already coming through, my good sister, PK. Ah, good. I'm I'm glad to know that my... Good side is working well. <laughs> Your antenna are up, PK. That's right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yes, I've, I have until 2021 to go ahead and coalesce uh, the transmissions that are being received, uh, which I'm... I'm calling shamanic star wisdom, and Ooh. it's it's a combination of earth-honoring human presence and transcendent uh, extraterrestrial awareness. Mm, wonderful. Now, are you going to be writing about this in the near future? I'm in the process. Ah, I'm, good. I'm in the process of putting this together. Yet, as I said before, it's all about the timing. This is the first time I've spoken other than in the small groups of initiates, mm-hmm. apprentices that I work with around the country. This is the first time I've spoken of this publicly. Ah, we're honored that you shared I, this with us and our audience. Thank you. I do with- that. I do that to give it more, more presence and momentum. It's time. Mm. Well, things that are happening, there's such major changes that are going on around you right now that are going to be coming out this month that you're going to be putting out to the masses in so many different ways. I'm very curious as to see how this is going to go because uh, the majority of it, it's everything's just like it's a jumping off spot right now. And within four months' time, there should be something out there that uh, we're all going to do one of those oh wow moments. And it may come from you, Don Oscar. So here is now. 
you said you were going to do a little bit of a ceremonial prayer for us. Oh, yes. Before the end of the show. So we're 10 minutes out or a little less. And I want to make sure that you have enough time to talk about what you're going to do and then do it. <laughs> well, we're not coercing. <laughs> yes, rather than, than, than talk about it, I'd like people to receive it. It's a transmission of of heart-centered lineage, shamanic lineage. Wow. Uh, oh known as Munaimanda, M-U-N-A-Y-M-A-N-T-A, Munaimanda. So I'd like us all to just close our eyes gently and take a couple of deep breaths, relax our bodies, and bring ourselves into full presence here and now within this field of beauty and healing grace of which we are midwives. And understanding the power of our consciousness to beget the material conditions upon this earth allow a fully awakened heart space to cascade fields of love out high into the sky world and deep into the womb of our mother and wide across the four directions of Pachamama. And holding that open expansive presence and awareness, please receive the following invocation. Aing Ruaikuna Pakarishka Yachaimanta Munaimanta Nunamanta Hunyunakung Nyokanchis Kanchis Kamakchik Kamaska Kamak Chainakachung Chainakang Chaina Kanka, Chaina Urimpi, Chaina Hanangpi, Chaina Ukupi, Chaina Hawaipi, Chaina Muyupi, Chaina Nyokakpi, Kanchaipi Munaipi Wilka Texipi Nyokakani, Hampui Hampui. <laughs> Dun 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 d
makia wira kocha indi wilka kuichi tekse muyu eso veo eso soy wilka kuichi tekse muyu eso veo siempre andir andir andairi andir andir andairi andir andir andairi andir andairi Welcoming state of presence. Bring into your inner vision, your living imagination, royal hummingbird, Siwarkanti. That spirals down from the heavenly realms in her rainbow flight, drinking the sweet nectar of your awakened self from your crown, imbibing this elixir of the thousand-petaled lotus, Kantuta flower, that has blossomed upon your higher center and carries it cross-pollinating your beauty throughout the garden of this majestic planet known as Gaia Pachamama. In doing so, you allow Hummingbird to be the shamanic psychopomp the carrier of your shamanic soul throughout all worlds, above, below, and within. May this transmission of wisdom and beauty be a healing salve to your lives. With deep love. I am complete. fascinating what an incredibly beautiful and powerful experience that just was thank you so much don oscar just amazing chills it is so so wonderful thank you so very very much thank you from all of our audience they are so so grateful for everything you've shared tonight and for the prayer and the ceremony at the end of the show tonight. This is, oh my goodness. Well, we're going to have you back, you know. We're just going to keep dragging you back here, <laughs> It is I, an honor to be of service, my good sister. <laughs> Thank you. So it, good having you with us. But, it is. It, oh. it's, ah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, listen, whenever you want to come back, you have an open invitation. And if there is information that you want to give to a large group of people, you are welcome to give it here anytime. So 
please keep us posted on your star transmissions and everything that you're doing. It is so wonderful that you are here on the planet. I'm glad you didn't leave. I'm glad you're here. Definitely. Yes. It's thank been you. a wild ride, but now it's, it's smooth sailing. Yay. Oh, my goodness. Hooray. Well, thank you again so much, Don Oscar. Many blessings back to you and to Cindy. Thank you. And everybody, we will be sure to see you next week. And we are going to be talking about crystal skulls, I think we're going to see. But that's one of our topics on the agenda. And until then, we are going to see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night.